Welcome to the Astro Cave podcast with Julio Encarnacion. This is one of the most interesting podcasts you are going to listen to. We're going to talk about planets, about the universe with an actual expert. So Julio, welcome to your show. Thank you. This is very exciting. So Julio, tell me a little bit of how the Astro Cave was born. I see that you have an amazing website. You, you have some spectacular pictures. What's the Astro Cave? Like, let's start with the name. So the Astro Cave, how it started uh, was actually when I moved here to Florida last year. I bought my first professional equipment from a Vietnam veteran. And he said, listen, I believe you should call it the Astro Cave. So you've been doing this only for one year? Two years. Two years. Two years. Two wow, years. Because, Professionally. Uh, because if you look at the website with the pictures you have taken, you see the equipment you have. It, it seems like you've been doing this for like over 10 years. So Thank you. You've been hitting it hard then. A lot of hours, lots and lots of hours of post-processing because it's, it, taking the images, it's easy, you know, because you just set up the telescope. Everything is automated. You have to obviously know automating. It, everything is automated after The capture is where the hours are put in. So let me ask you, how did you get in this? You know, like you were a little kid in the Virgin Islands. You know, when I was small or younger, I should say, is I used to go fishing a lot. And in the night, I just look up and just see thousands and thousands of stars. And I always had an interest in it. I, You know, the skies were clear. The moon was bright. The stars would illuminate the floor uh, when we were out catching crabs and land crabs and stuff like that. And then 2017, I went back home after living in Florida for 10 years. And I decided in 2020, my grandmother told me one time, she said, listen, there's a comet passing and it's not going to be around for another 6,600 years. So I said, let me get whatever I had at the time was a little 14 millimeter cannon with a, a Rokinon lens. And I started just shooting the size, capturing, capturing, pop, 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 pop. But attached to a telescope? Or no, just no, a just, a oh, just a camera. Just a camera. And I, I got the picture. You know, I got the picture and I started taking pictures of Milky Way. I, I never thought. Really? Uh, with, know, a... with just a small. Oh, wow. And I said, if I could do this with that, I'm going to start buying telescopes. I got to see what's out there. But, but let me ask you, because great, you had a camera, you had the lens, but how did you know where to point it at? I just started capturing, just doing like a blanket of, of images okay. to find the comet. And then you download it into your computer and then you actually found that you took a picture after, or something. Yeah. After I started, I just, you know, taking pictures. Yeah. But were you actually seeing the comet? Yes. Did live. After I took the picture, okay. I, I was able to see it. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Interesting. So Julio, so basically it was born out of curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. Okay, and then what was the next step? So the next step, you know, I, I got a more advanced telescope and I started taking deep space comet. How did you get that telescope? Like you went online and you just bought a telescope or yeah. you did some research? So I, I basically I typed in the internet. It, there was, it was a vast amount of research that I had to do because I, it was a smaller telescope that I can move around, a portable telescope, because I had to move it. It's more than 40 pounds, so you don't want something that, you know, you have to log around too long. So I got something that it's portable, clear pictures, and would get you something nice. And then eventually, I went into a bigger telescope, and a bigger one, and a better quality, and so on and so forth. 
Okay, and this was, you put this first telescope at the Virgin Islands or you were yeah. already here? No, no, I was in the Virgin Islands. I was in the Virgin Islands and I, it was a William Optics, a Z61, doublet refractor. And that's a perfect model to start with if you want to get into or get better in the deep space photography. So that's when you actually started to get, like you saw better results? Better results. But the problem was is that in St. Croix, the clouds, there's always a continuous cloud, so you can't get too much of long exposures. You have to stick with what you get. Here in Florida, I get an entire night of clear skies. So it's a little bit of luck then. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, maybe in the Virgin Islands, since there are, there is not that much population, you would have less light. Pollution. And you would, exactly. So it, it, was basically, it was actually the other way around. You had more luck with the skies here in Florida. Correct. Correct. Because of the length of clear skies that we have here. Okay. And you know what? What people don't know is that you're actually a teacher. So I think when I met you, you know, it was very interesting because one of the reasons you're doing this is to inspire kids to understand the universe, to explore it, to investigate it. And I think it's awesome because I had a, a ton of questions that you started to answer. Yep. And then I thought, wow, if this guy is at a school... Imagine, you know, he, he starts pushing these kids to ask questions and to get their imagination going. This could become a very interesting classroom, you know? Yes, yeah. And every day there's one kid. Did you take a picture of Venus yet? I said, no, no, it's not, it's not in our skies yet, you know? The beautiful thing is that things have changed a lot nowadays. Before seeing even a, a rocket launch, it was, oh, wow, you know, once every two years or it was like something big. Now, for example, I've been in Orlando and near Lake Mary a couple of times the last two months, and it's like every three days there's a rocket there's a launcher, and you see it, and you say, wow, what is wow. this? Yep. This is crazy. So things have changed a little bit. So now I think it's become very in to talk about space, to talk about rockets. Now with, uh, you know, you can help me a little bit here with the, the last rocket that went up from NASA. So you have Artemis. Yeah. So now you have like three com basic companies, at least from the U.S. You have uh, SpaceX, you have NASA, and what's the other one? Well, you have JPL, Jet Propulsion Institute, and then you have the guy for Amazon. Amazon, Jeff Bezos. Yep. Sorry. And then you have Virgin also. Virgin, yeah. So now you even have space tourism. Yep. So, space wars. They talk about space wars with satellites hitting each other in space. Really? Very interesting stuff. I mean, this is, you know, a next topic, but there's a lot of stuff out there. We need to get the Space Force happening right now. Wow. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I have a whole a bunch of questions about Space yeah. Force. <laughs> like, uh, I'll criticize it, uh, the logo. It's like Star Trek. Come on, guys. <laughs> get a graphic designer. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, I don't know much about Space Force. So that's another podcast because... I have a whole bunch of questions. I want to know why it was formed, why is it necessary, or is it necessary? So, but based on what you're telling me, uh, again, it's, I think, I guess it's better to be prepared than unprepared. Especially with Artemis going up, they're going to be testing the, the moon surface, and we're going to be building a pad to then launch from the moon to Mars. So we need to protect that pad. Yeah. So that's another podcast. Let's, yeah. let's, let's keep going back <laughs> to, to your story of how you got into it. So you buy your first decent telescope in the Virgin Islands. Yeah, that, okay. that, that telescope ran me about $500 to $600. That's a decent starter telescope. 
there's people out there you ask them you're gonna need at least two thousand dollars to start if you want to start imaging and that's the basic start if you want to get better you're gonna need to spend some more money okay so what was next what did you achieve with that telescope i didn't do much you know i didn't do much with that telescope and i regret selling it because after seeing some of the images that people capture with it it was just a camera that i had wasn't good enough okay so the camera attaches to the telescope yes so you need a camera and then you need a lens a specific lens that attaches to the telescope no 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 just the camera just the body of the camera the body of the camera is a red tube attaches to the the telescope and then you have your guide camera and then you have your guide scope what guides the mount Okay. That control. So, so in this case, the reason why you were not getting uh, the good quality pictures was because of the type of camera that you were attaching to the telescope? The type of camera and the mount that I had. And the mount. Yeah. It was not adequate for what I wanted to do. Okay. So we'll this, we'll, again, in another podcast, we'll discuss equipment in detail because, again, I, I want to know what you recommend of course. for cameras and mounts and the differences because, again... I'm going to ask you a lot of questions because I don't know. I, I would like to get into it, but I need you to guide me. Sure. Think of me as a student. Sure, sure. So after that? So after that, we we came back up to Florida, and that's where I met the, the veteran, and he gave me the name, the Astro Cave. And, I and, got and that was the story. You know, you told me a story that it was just a little bit crazy how you met each other, the conversation you had, the way he treated you. I think he saw the enthusiasm in you. But tell me a little bit of that story. Yeah, so I came up, and the day after I flew up here, he came down from, he drove seven hours. But how did you find him? There's a, a forum, it's called Cloudy Nights, and you put in there what you're looking for, what kind of equipment, and people just reach out. They say they have this, they have that. And this guy said, listen, I have this mount that you're looking for. So he drove down seven hours from Pensacola, and he brought down to me about $15,000 worth of Astro equipment. And he told me, he said, listen, I know you, you just got here. Make me an offer. Give me one second. I think he's trying to communicate right now. We, we have communication from outer space, Julio. Do you think it might be the, this guy? Might be. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit crazy. So yeah. well, we're going to keep... Keep right. going. Let's see what happens. All right. So, yeah, that was pretty weird. So, anyways, he said, listen, make me an offer. And I said, all right, I'll give you 3000 He said, okay. And, uh, you know, from there on, he just, you know, all of this equipment has taken me way beyond my expectations of what I could capture and, and so forth. So, he basically yeah. had the the real deal. Yeah. Well, what equipment did he have that, you know, impressed you? Well, he had the EQ6R Pro mount, which is the top of the line um, for standard mounts here in the U.S. He had the Skywatcher Evo Star 120, uh, Skymax 180, several expensive eyepieces worth three four hundred dollars each, two Astro cameras, um, guide scopes, batteries, cases, everything you could think of that somebody would need to begin even a class. Of yeah, astro astrophotography. He had more than what the usual amateur has. Yeah. So he he was basically a he professional. Was, yeah. But unfortunately, he could not do anything with it because he got uh, contact with Agent Orange. His doctor said that he had to stop lifting anything heavy, so that's why he had to get rid of it. 
But you know what? We got to thank him because the way he treated you, the way he helped you, we need a lot of people like that. So basically he became like your equipment mentor. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So that's a, a, a beautiful story. You remember his name? Yes. Charlie Cooper. Charlie Cooper. So Charlie, you really thank you, man. Hopefully with your help, the Astro Cave and Julio is going to inspire other kids and other young people just like you inspired and helped Julio. Definitely, definitely. So we, we thank you publicly. Yeah, so after that, you know, I, I got into a huge... Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Whoa. Whoa, that was a close one. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we what are those things, man? I'm, I keep hearing stuff like that just passing by now that this show is happening. Another one. Yeah, I, I told you, man, there's uh, rockets right. uh, flying out every right. day. That one... That one was a close one. That was a close one, man. So now that you have uh, all the equipment Charlie gave you, because listen, anybody can buy equipment. How do you learn how to use it? Did you go to YouTube? Yeah. Did you go to a specific groups online? Yeah, there's a, Facebook has a ton of, of different groups, astrophotography, backyard photography, um, nightscape photography, um, just specific groups for these types of images. And in YouTube, there's a ton, a ton of videos that you can just research. You click, especially with post-processing and PixInsight is a software that I use. I learned a lot. It's just a lot of hours of dedication. Imaging is one thing, but processing the images is another thing. And after that... Wait, wait, wait. wait. When you say processing the images, what's that? When you bring them into the computer? Yeah. Yeah, after that, I just take out the flash drive. Everything is saved on a flash drive. I bring it in, and it's saved in a, a form of, of XISF, and that goes into PixInsight, and then I have to... There's different things that I have to do in there. One of them is Blink, and you have to check every single frame to see if there's a satellite that came across the image or if there's clouds or there's something that interrupted the image. Oh, wow. Then you have to remove those so from Eliminate there. it? Yeah. So there's a lot of different. So to get, and, and obviously you need a special computer with enough RAM, enough hard disk, yeah. uh, a good processor. What do you use, a PC or a Mac? Mac, Mac, Mac. Mac. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I'm a Mac. I'm a Mac guy also, just because of the RAM and uh, you know I just like the reliability of yeah. the machine for big projects that require a lot of processing, large images, yeah. and multitasking. Yeah. You can have a lot of stuff up and just keep moving. But yeah, it's it's uh it's after that. Um, you know, the post-processing is, is difficult. I've gotten better at it. There's still a lot of stuff out there that you could use. So to get one, like people don't understand, to get one good photo from the moment you do the initial setup until you finish with the processing, to get one good photo, how much time do you think you put into one photo? All right, so I'll break it down from the start. From the time that I decide to start imaging, just to put it together is at least an hour and a half. To put the equipment together. But before that, you have to do research because when are you going to put out the equipment? Like, how do you know? Let's start with that because this is something usual for you. But for me, like, how do you know when to, okay, tonight I'm going to set up? Well, I so there's apps that I use and I look I look at cloud apps and, and uh, weather apps and I look at it three, four days before and I say, okay, today, I'm, this day on Saturday or Friday, I'm going to put out this scope. How do you decide? What are you going to take a picture of? I just look and I see if it's something that catches my eye. I'll just go for it and that's it. 
and just put up this scope. I check to see if it's... But then you know a little bit about the universe because I wouldn't know. If I'm going to take a picture of a, a lion head, for example, how would I know where to point it or that there is a lion head? Is there a, like a website where I can see where these galaxies... Like, like, for example, if I wanted to take a picture... Where can I go to see the, the things that I can take a picture of? So there's an app that I use. It's very nice, and it's called Sky Safari Pro. Okay, and, there we go. And you, you put your phone in the sky, and it shows you everything that's where, where invisible sight. Amazing. What's and the name again? Sky Safari Pro. Okay, write that down, guys. Yeah, Sky Safari Pro. And that would allow you to see what you have in your sight, the ASI Air Pro is a computer that communicates with the mount. So once you have the name of the object that you want to capture, you put it now in the computer that controls the mount. After that hour and a half, it takes at least 30 to 40 minutes to calibrate the scope to Polaris. It takes about 10 minutes or so, five to 10 minutes to get your focusing correctly. You have to calibrate the guide camera to the, to the star or the object so that it knows how to track that object. Then after that, you just set it, okay, I want to do 300 photos at 10 minutes each. And then you leave it for the entire night. The next time, if you want to add more images, you have to do the same thing again. So I've done images over a two, three week span, and I, I do 10 nights full of imaging. So I have two questions. Like when you say the computer communicates with the mount, so the mount is on the telescope, and then what happens is the, the mount moves automatically, so the computer... Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, so, so the, the, the mount knows exactly where it's at. On where Earth. to point the telescope at. Exactly. And when you say communicates with Polaris, what's that? So Polaris is a North Star. That's where you want to start imaging. You, you're going to face the scope directly to Polaris. And then from there, then it knows where to move in the sky. Okay, perfect. So then let's go back to what we're, you're talking about. So now you have the mount calibrated. Mount cal now you communicated uh, with Polaris. Yep. Okay, and what's next? So after that, then you take a picture. You take a sample picture of like 60 seconds just to see if the frame of the object is where you want it to be. So if you want it to turn or, you know, a certain degree. Careful, careful, careful. Oh, another one. Oosh. Another one. All right. So if you want. That, that was Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> yeah. Or Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon no, Musk. It, it's not Elon. Elon is uh, dealing with Twitter now. So yeah. all the rocket launches are on hold until he figures out how to. How much he wants Twitter. to charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So it, the, the picture has to be moved. You could position the camera, however you want the picture to look. You take a 60-second picture, and then you, if you like it, then you put, okay, auto, auto run for 300 frames. That's it for the night. So and what's what's that going to do? Is it going to take 300 pictures every X amount five of times? Yeah. Every five minutes a picture? Yep. Why is it done like that? What are you trying to capture? So the longer you expose, the more light you're going to collect, the okay. better contrast, the better detail you're going to see in the sky. Okay. So after that, what happens? Then after that, you unplug the USB and you, you start playing with it. I and mean, then you start the processing then? Any picture that I, I... I like to take my time. I take at least six hours, at least six hours to process an image. 
Oh wow! And yeah. you usually do this because you're you're a full time teacher. You yeah. have a baby. You have your wife. You have so you do this what at night? At night, that's that's the time I have. So it's a lot of sacrifice then. Yeah, night night time. Um, you know, because while one is taking, you know, I could do it while another one is taking a picture. I could process the new one. Perfect. So, Julio. Thanks uh, for all the information, for being our first podcast. It was perfect. So uh, the whole point is to get as much information out there as we can to our audience, build an audience, and uh, inspire as many people, especially students, boys and girls, to get involved, to ask questions, to send us questions through our Facebook. Uh, please go to Facebook and uh, join us at the Astro Cave. Uh, we have an amazing website, uh, theastrocave.com. Uh, and, you know, uh, we have amazing pictures, amazing info. Every picture that you're going to see on the website has the information of the equipment, how it was done. And we also have a store if you want a shirt, if you want a Mugs. coffee mug. Uh, we, we have, a, if you want socks, we have a whole bunch of stuff for uh, all the people that love the universe. So uh, check us out. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Julio. Thank you, guys. Thank you.